0: Hello and welcome to the Darius Podcast. My name is Darius Cook. I will be your host today and always. Uh, thank you for joining me and embarking on this great journey that will be uh, whatever this podcast becomes. Today we are talking about Squid Game Episode 1. This is going to be my recap, review, analysis, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I've, I've been hearing about Squid Game constantly over the last few weeks. Uh, it was released on Netflix. It's a Korean show. It was released on September 17th. Uh, And in the last few weeks, there's almost no chance you haven't heard of it. It seems like everyone has seen it, including my mother and my grandmother. So that would make me the last person in America to give the show a watch. Um, But I'm very excited to get into it. I just watched episode one and I'm going to lay out all my thoughts, kind of my predictions on where I think the show is going and uh, things that I'm noticing along the way here. Uh, So again, thank you for listening. Uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy this. And of course, I appreciate any feedback. I can get on this uh comments emails i'll drop all that information at the very end thank you all right so jumping into it uh my first impressions of the show uh i'm really impressed with uh the level of commitment the show has to develop its character in the first act of the first episode the runtime of the episode is just over an hour long and the whole first 30 minutes of it uh without having any concept of the games that are coming our our main character you get you get all this time to to spend with him, to see that he has a crippling gambling addiction, and he has a uh, not great relationship with his daughter, and uh, what seems to be his ex-wife as well, being the mother in that situation. Um, he's looked down upon by a lot of the people in his life, uh, that including his mother and the people that he knows and just to seem in his little community. Um, he struggles to find work, apparently, and... That kind of sets the stage for the type of character and the type of characters that we're going to be dealing with uh, by the looks at it here. <clears throat> One thing that the show does, uh, especially here in the first half, it happens twice actually, is they do quick cuts back to footage that we've already seen earlier in the episode uh, to establish kind of a reveal uh, that to give you that aha moment for the character. The first time that that happens is after... Our main character is running away from these goons that are catching up with him. It's clear that they, uh, that he borrowed money from these people, and he's very afraid of them. You know, they're going to break his kneecaps or whatever. <clears throat> and uh, uh, he bumps into a woman on his way out. Uh, at first, that just seems like a quick little uh, happenstance thing to build tension. Uh, but then later on, when they cut back to that moment, you realize that she was a pit pocket and took the money that he had just earned and I use earn lightly, he just gambled and, uh, came out on top in that situation. Something that seems to not happen much for this character. This is very much so somebody who doesn't come out on top. Uh, his character reminds me of Adam Sandler's character in Uncut Gems, someone who desperately needs a win, um, but won't get that win. And, uh, over the course of his small victories, you're thinking, okay, now just get out of here, just do the right thing, but you kind of know that he won't do the right thing, and, uh, he just finds himself going deeper and deeper into trouble. Um, But that was just a quick tangent. Uh, Of course, uh, I do think that the use of this cut vaccine, uh, this flashback scene of the footage that we had already seen before, is used really well. Um, I think that it's very effective. It's really quick. They don't dwell on it too much. That being said, if they continue to do it throughout the show, I could see it becoming kind of a tired way to convey information. So I hope to see more nuanced ways of... um, uh, giving information reveals because I know that this is more or less a mystery and that's certainly clear as we go along here The next use of that cutscene uh, comes later on when uh, our main character's mother is talking to him And we get this reveal that the daughter is going to be moving away with the mom and the new stepdad to America Which is just heartbreaking for this character. Honestly leading up to this point I wasn't convinced that this guy is really a good father at all I feel like the show's trying to set up a situation where uh, it, it's supposed to be endearing, uh, for this character that, you know, he just wants to make everything good for his daughter, and I feel like they kind of shoehorn that in at the last minute there. Up until then, I actually think that the character's kind of a piece of shit. Uh, I don't think that he shows many qualities, uh, that he's a good father in any way, shape, or form, other than that he does want to make her daughter's birthday, which, in my opinion, is kind of the bare minimum, but either way, I, I'm down to get on board with that and, uh, use that as, like, our our touch point of uh, emotion for this character, why he's doing this. Uh, I'm hoping that as the show goes on, we do get a a little bit more background information on, you know, we saw pictures of him and his daughter and they seem very happy. He seemed more clean shaven and had a nice haircut. He seemed more like put together before. So I'm hoping that we do get some kind of flashbacks to get where, what happened between the character who uh, started this family and the character we see at the beginning of this episode who is just a disheveled mess, who uh, his ex-wife barely wants to talk to him or have any interaction with him. Um, So I'm very interested to see kind of what happened there in the background. Transitioning away a little bit from the uh, establishing character development of our main character in his community, uh, we get this interaction with someone who seems just like a businessman who approaches our main character when it seems like he's at the lowest of his low, and he challenges him to this game. Uh, knowing our main character to be a gambling addict, surely. Uh, it's easy to see him get caught up in this game, uh, so much so that he's so wrapped into it that he forgot that there was any financial reward. Uh, at the end of it, he was just caught up into the competitive nature of it and just wanted to come out on top so he could slap the other guy. I think that this little dynamic here, the the moment where the game is finished and he just wants to slap the other gentleman, he doesn't really care about the money, is revealing to our character is the most revealing thing about our character at this point um as i said before i do think he's kind of a piece of shit uh i hope that he grows uh but it's it's clear in this moment that he just wants kind of revenge or he just wants to kind of you know look down on the person who was looking down on him at least in his opinion um but we'll put a pin in that i'm excited to see kind of uh the nuances of this character and maybe see him grow a little bit as we go along um I do think it was a really powerful uh, scene watching them go back and forth, him losing over and over again and getting slapped. It's clear that the person in the suit is in control the whole time, and you know that it's going to be leading to something down. So picking up here, I'd like to uh, jump into uh, the same point where our character wakes up and he's in this big room with all these beds. It kind of it's very reminiscent of a prison. You know, it's just jam packed with all these beds. Everyone's laying down everyone's kind of coming to in the same moment uh this is where i kind of see parallels uh the tone starts shifting a little bit to feeling more like anime uh in a way uh they the way that they start revealing some of these new characters uh just feels like how it's been done in animes that i've seen before uh i'm really interested in the character of 101 he's our stereotypical uh bully our capable bully Uh, i do predict that he's going to go very far in this game uh and i i think Clearly, there's already been uh, a setup for him to be at odds with number 67, who uh, also happens to be the character who pickpocketed our titular character in the first act. Um, They clearly have a pass and some beef to settle, but I'm interested to see how uh, uh, 101 uh, clashes with our character. Uh, He's clearly the bully. Our character is the one that we're supposed to project onto, at least at this point. So I'm interested to see what kind of conflict uh, may come out in there. Uh, there's maybe a triangle situation going on here. Maybe not a love triangle, but certainly a, uh, hatred triangle between the three characters there. The other character that I think is just amazing so far is 001. Uh, I need to look up who the actor is for this character, but he is the older gentleman. He's very aloof. Uh, when we first see him, he's counting the amount of people in the game. He's counting everyone because he wants to know how many people are here. And, and at first, you know, that leads you to think, oh, this guy must be really smart. He's he's already uh, privy to something. Is already getting some kind of edge above everyone else. But then you realize uh, he says he's just counting uh, because his doctor said that's the best thing for him to do to avoid his dementia. Now, I, that was a very funny subversion of uh, what you may have, might have expected out of this character. But I think that this is going to be one of those special characters who walks the line of... Uh, uh, the aloof jester who just falls upwards constantly or is he actually someone who knows more than everyone else does he know something that's going on that others don't uh something else that jumps out with this character is he's not concerned uh you can chalk this up to his dementia um but i don't based on the little dialogue we have done with the character so far i don't think that he's so unaware that he would not show some level of concern uh, but no, he just seems generally aloof. He's he's cool. He's happy to be there. You know, no no red flags. And this comes up again later on. We'll 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 break down the uh, red light green light game a little bit more aggressively. But when he's playing, he has a smile on his face, and he's playing it to a T. There's no hesitation. Again, I don't think that this character is is shown to be so unaware that he doesn't see the bodies dropping around him uh, or. So either the show is trying to uh, push a narrative with him that, uh, you know, the loose grip lifestyle, kind of like a Buddhist is the way to live, or that he just might know a little bit more than meets the eye here. Before I wrap things up and head into the red light, green light game, uh, which is certainly the highlight of the episode, I want to take a quick pit stop. uh, Just to acknowledge, you know, as the show takes the turn and our characters wake up where they do... Uh, the show really takes a turn to uh, stepping it up in terms of uh, visually. Um, there, there are just some striking visuals. All of a sudden, we start seeing these people walking down the hall. The people in the red mask and the and you know they're all wearing the same clothes and everything. Uh, I'm getting hints of Star Wars, Darth Vader and the stormtroopers. Uh, I feel a very similar comparison to that, and in all the best ways. By the way, I really like it. <laughs> The, uh, without any words, we see this character who who I believe to be behind everything. You know, he's walking down the halls, around the corridors here, and he really reminds me of Darth Vader here. But his visuals are striking. I mean, there are no words, there's nothing but just seeing this, you know, multi-pattern mask that he has as he scans it and goes into his little office, which... I'm going to get into the office a little bit later on. I think there's a lot of details going on in here that give us a little window into kind of this creator or master, whoever this viewer, his point of view. I think there's a lot going on there too. But anyways, as we look into the actual red light, green light game, um, everyone knows this. I will say, going into this episode, I definitely had this spoiled for me Uh, over the last few weeks. Everyone talking about Squid Game, this is like the number one thing that people are talking about, and I've seen clips on Twitter and whatnot. Even though I knew the premise of the game coming in, I knew that there was going to be this twist that people would be killed, it was a marvel to watch it all unfold. When the first few people uh, violate the rules of the game and therefore are killed, uh, what I think is truly horrific is how when people just start panicking in a very natural way of seeing somebody's head explode in front of them, then they are then in violation of the, of the rules of the game just by putting, uh, one character puts her hands to her face in a very natural response to seeing anything horrific, and then immediately she is, as well, eliminated from the game. Um, I thought that the concept that they set up here is truly horrifying. Like, it is this, this at least this scene uh, would exist great in a horror genre. And uh, as the characters desperately try to navigate it, there are some pretty unique and interesting ways that a lot of the characters come up with this. Um, using other bodies as shields, I thought, was was a way that I, I did not expect. I don't know if I would have had the wherewithal to have come up with that in real time. Um, this is another great moment where the player 101 and player ninety seven, uh, excuse me, 67, I hope that we get real names for these characters because just going by the numbers is really confusing at the moment, but maybe I'll just get used to that. Hopefully they stick around long enough. Um, but you see their rivalry, uh, uh, show back up again. Uh, they clearly hate each other from the outside world and in the game is no different. She shows herself to be not just helpless, not the Oliver Twist character, uh, who's just here to pick pockets and be kind of weak. She is formidable in her own right, the way that she, uh, takes advantage of him and shows like, I could really kill you right now. Uh, she really establishes her dominance and I think that, I think that is her I am here moment in the show. Um... And then again, uh, going back to kind of, uh, if I were to backtrack a little bit, uh, just as the first wave of bodies kind of die, there's this there's this reprieve where everyone's just kind of looking around. You're getting these close-up shots on all the characters' faces to see how they're processing this information that this you're not just getting eliminated from the game; you are getting killed. Um, the first person to participate again in the game without any hesitation whatsoever. Green light starts and one is right back in the game with a huge smile on his face. I thought this was uh, a great tension cutter because uh, once I saw his smile, I had the to smile too. I thought it was just infectious. Uh, and then he kind of uh, slowly starts a wave of people getting back in and involved in the game. Um, I, it was honestly just super well done how uh, the different shifts that the game took as the time is kind of clicking right now. Uh, ticking, the time clock is ticking, uh, uh, the window for our character to make it over there is closing and he's he's getting more and more obstacles along the way. Uh, there's two more moments in here that I really love and one would be when uh, somebody else is grabbing, holding onto our player's uh, foot, uh, almost makes him stumble right when red light hits and he's just yelling at him, please help me, please help me and you truly get this sense of I have to help him, but there's absolutely nothing I can do here. In fact, even giving him uh, the mercy of just sticking around and looking at him, that, that level of humanity uh, would have gotten them killed. And it's a great thing he gets away at, when he does. But I just really felt that moment you're cutting between their two faces, and I could really, there was a lot of emotion that was happening there. A lot was being communicated in that moment, and it, it gives the audience a sense of helplessness that you take moving forward uh, the other moment that I really liked, uh, was right at the very end, a character who we had not seen yet to this point, I thought it was interesting to give him such an action-y point, um, in the episode, but, uh, our character is just about to fall, if he falls, he certainly would have been shot and killed, he would have definitely been in violation of the red light, uh, but, uh, another character comes and grabs him just by the back of his collar, and the, the physicality of the scene alone is really impressive, I feel like I've noticed this in, uh, and other Korean movies and shows that I've seen, that they lean into a little bit more whimsical physicality in their storytelling a little bit, at least uh, on movies and TV shows. And I just thought that this shot they set up with his body hanging there in front of him, uh, and you're just kind of hanging there in air, you're waiting for that pen to drop, but it doesn't. I think that was just really well done, just from a visual standpoint. And, uh, you know, him and the other character who had just helped him survive, just get across the finish point uh, just in time. I'm excited to see who this character is. Why did he help him? Is this going to be someone who joins kind of our main cast here of like our five characters that really get a few speaking lines? I'm also really interested to see there is another character that our character interacts with and has interacted with in the real world uh, prior to the game. He seems very intelligent. He, He helps our character along the way as well, gives him the clue that he needs to hurry up and that he can use other people's bodies to kind of move around. Um, so I think that makes, you know, uh, and then one last thing I really wanted to get into here is I have heard so many people describe this and compare it to Hunger Games. Um, I don't, I mean, sure, it's similar to Hunger Games in the sense that, you know, one will remain, a uh, type of mentality, but I think that a much more accurate, uh, comparison would be, uh, the Hunter exams in the show Hunter Hunter or the tuning exams in, uh, Naruto. Uh, the latter one, especially so, because there are the, at least with just the first game I've encountered so far here, uh, there are mental, there are uh, mental ways of surpassing these games as well as physical. But you're not just competing with each other. You're, the way to get ahead here is to find creative and uh, smart ways to uh, get through the game successfully. And if that continues to be the route they take, uh, I will really enjoy that. I've always enjoyed those types of storytelling within anime, uh, which has certainly is a very well-traveled uh, uh, medium there, or a trope, I guess you could say. Um, but I think that it was used well here, and I would be very excited to see that to be continued to be used. But yeah, all in all, uh, I was really engaged by this first episode. Uh, it took me a while to decide to start the show. I was a little iffy about it, and I kind of felt like my moment has passed, but... After watching this first episode, I am certainly going to be watching the rest of it as soon as I can take it all in, and I'm very excited to uh, share that along with you along the way. Um, My plan is to do another check-in at about halfway through the season. So about episode five, I'll do like a mid-season check-in, and then at the very end, I'll do a a full season recap of uh, my overall feelings and how I feel about how how the show executed this concept here. But yeah, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, My name is Darius Cook again. Uh, I would love any feedback uh, possible, and if you could uh, share this, that would be amazing. Thank you very much. Have a great night.